Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Caught at the 20. Racing near sideline 10. Turn of the 5. Touchdown Raiders. The crowd applauds because Las Vegas just win, baby. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Q. Got a text on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword r from Jordan in Utah County. Something to remember with Richardson is most of his original and still some scouting reports have him as a second-round quarterback. Richardson at pick seven isn't, by most scouts, falling. He'll likely go as high as he will because of the fact many teams are quarterback hungry in a very limited draft. That's Jordan, Utah County. Thank you for that text. We do appreciate you. Join us now on the phone lines for 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh is our good friend Colin Dunlap. And Colin, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. I appreciate you. And we're less than a week away from the beginning of the NFL draft in Kansas City. And I'll tell you, I'll be excited when the draft is over so we can talk about the players that the team's actually selected. But when you look at the Steelers and their, their roster, what would you say is the glaring holes? What do they really need to fill and get done throughout the course of the draft? Well, Q, um, they need a left tackle, they need help at corner, and they need help on the inside at linebacker. Uh, that's for sure. They just sent Robert Spillane out there. Yeah. Um, but they, they definitely they need help at, at all three of those positions. I think they're pretty solidified everywhere else. They could The Steelers can always use receivers, especially uh, with what they're going through now in depth at receiver, although I do think George Pickens is a total star in this league um and it's going to be very interesting to see the dynamic between he and Deontay Johnson and I don't think Deontay Johnson is going to play nice when he's no longer the number one receiver so that's something to really keep a pulse on this year but uh yeah left tackle cornerback and the inside linebacker because Devin Bush stunk uh Miles Jack stunk and now they're right back at kind of square one there you know, you mentioned Robert Spillane, and from my understanding, I'd love to you know, be corrected if I'm wrong, is he's a really good guy when it comes to stopping the run, but coverage is, is going to be a struggle for Spillane. Would that be accurately describing him? 1,000% accurate, yeah. He struggles across the middle. He's, I don't want to say slight of stature, but he's just he struggles covering anybody that's taller than him, and the modern-day tight end is going to stand up. He's going to split out a little bit, and he's going to run that 8- to 12-yard crossing route, and just kind of murder you over the middle. And that's trouble for a lot of inside linebackers, and it's been trouble for Spillane. Spillane will come up in the hole and, and wallop you, though. I mean, everybody's seen the YouTube clip where he put it on Derrick Henry. Yeah. He put it on him. Um, so if he's playing the run, you're safe, and you're great. He's a great goal line and short yardage guy, and he's going to stick his face in there. But you're dead on about it against the tight end or against the, the passing game or even a back that he has to cover out of the backfield. He could be exposed some. Colin Dunlap is our guest here from 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, talking all things Pittsburgh Steelers as they prepare for their uh, first-round pick in the upcoming draft. We've got Lindsey Brown here. She's got one for you. Colin, you mentioned that help is needed on both sides of the ball. The defense is certainly in better shape, at least when T.J. Watt is healthy, but I would probably go more offensive side help, but I'm not deep enough in the sauce to know what they value more in the high capital pick zone. Where do you think they lean? I think You want me to tell you who I think they're going to take or just where they lean right now? Um, because Lindsay, I think, I think you're dead on it, but I don't think like the Pittsburgh Steelers think, and I don't think you do either. They really think they have something in Kenny Pickett. I'm very questioned on Kenny Pickett. I don't think Kenny Pickett's that great. I think the Steelers think he's great. 
So they think he can carry an offense. I think he's just a bit player in an offense. Uh, I would absolutely agree with you and try to bolster him and go left tackle and really help that position out. But I think because they're the Steelers, that they're going to what they're going to do. They're going to opt for familiarity. They're going to get back into trying to win games like they did with Bill Cowher. They've never scored a ton of points, ever. They're one of the least scoring teams in the league, like forever, since the league started. And they're going to try to win with defense and beat you 17 to you know 16, which is ridiculous in some regards. But that's what the Steelers do. And I think they take Joey Porter Jr. at cornerback. Oh, that is that the pick? Is that the pick uh, that you're making? Hold on, wait, 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 not so fast. <laughs> hit the hit the button. Hit it. Hit it. Hold on. Oh, you're out. You're slowing the button. Oh. I wasn't. I wasn't ready for the button. <laughs> All right. Uh, is, is this where we say with the 17th pick <laughs> in the draft, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers select, and I think it's going to be Joey Porter Jr. And I'll tell you exactly why. I think it's between two people. Joey Porter Jr. or Darnell Wright. Mm. And Darnell Wright, the tackle at Tennessee, there are very big questions, what I've heard around that building. Uh, they like him. They like what he's about. They like his size. What they don't like is there's not a lot of film on him playing that left side. And there's going to be, I think, a lot of tackles off the board by the time the Pittsburgh Steelers select, and they don't want to take a second-rate tackle when they think they can get a tackle at 32 that's probably just as good. They have 17, they have 32, and they have 49 as their picks. And I don't think they want to just settle for Darnell Wright when they think they can get an equal value guy at 32. But I don't think you can get a, as valuable as an edge guy on the defense as Joey Porter Jr. at 17, who's, I think, going to be a really good pro. And, our, and for the purposes of our mark draft, you took Joey Porter Jr., but not Witherspoon, who's also available in our mock draft. Do you think that that would be a decision that the Steelers make in real life? Maybe, but they're the Pittsburgh Steelers. They mm. got the other Watt brother. They got the other Hayward mm-hmm. brother. They love legacies. They love people and familiarity. Hell, the only, you know, I think the only thing that's been run by a single family longer is North Korea. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's just the way the Steelers operate. They, they love people that, um, that are just kind of legacies. And Joey Porter Jr., they've known the kid since he's born. Uh, mm-hmm. I, they know what he's about. They know his character. They know his father, quite obviously. So the Rooney family, I think if it comes to a 50-50 or a toss-up, they're going to, they're going to give it to someone like that. And he's a local kid. He played here he, in high school. He played at Penn State. I, I'd be stunned if they have someone at equal value and they pick that person over Joey Porter. Well, I'll say this. I mean, they went and got Kenny Pickett, and all he had to do was walk across the hallway, right? But, correct. They got Cam Hayward's brother, too, playing for them. Right. Um, so it, it is in the Steelers' nature to err on the side of someone we know. It's always been like that with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I would think that that's the way that they're going to, uh, to continue. And I, See, the thing about Joey Porter Jr., though, it's not just that he's Joey Porter's kid. He's a damn good football player. Right. He, he gets people on the ground. He would be, if they brought him in, the best tackler on the edge that they've had since Ike Taylor, who was a very good tackler. Uh, they're depleted at corner. They've signed Patrick Peterson, but what does he have left and for how long? Levi Wallace and James Pierre, along with Akella Witherspoon, are all pretty much scrubs, and they're not going to be around for more than two years. You have to cultivate a lockdown, shutdown corner, 
to match what you have in the middle with your safeties, who you're paying a lot of money to. Minka Fitzpatrick's one of the best in the business. So I think the pick makes a lot of sense if the Steelers are going to get back to the Steelers' philosophy of trying to win 20-17. to 17. Also, when it comes to the Steelers' offense, want to take it back to that side of the ball, you mentioned how you don't think that Kenny Pickett is that guy. But when it comes to receiver, you said they could always use a receiver. Are they not sold on those two top guys that they have being a legit one-two combo? I think they are. I'll tell you this, and there are rumblings. I wouldn't be stunned if Deontay Johnson is part of a draft day trade. Hmm. They traded Chase Claypool and didn't wait on him to develop. They were done with him. I wouldn't be stunned if that happened. I think that they're kind of fed up with the drops. They're fed up with him not getting yards after catch. I mean, he can make you miss in a phone booth, but he's not been as good as anticipated. I, it, it's going to be, I, I think they could get the other, I, I know they've scouted heavily Zay Flowers. If he would drop the 17, I wouldn't be shocked there if they took him from Boston College. But I don't think they're at all absolutely satisfied with Deontay Johnson to answer your question. No, I don't. And I think they count on George Pickens to go from being a rookie that didn't know how to do everything and run all the routes and know all the concepts to being one of the two or three best receivers of the, in the AFC North this year. Talking to the foremost Kenny Pickett or Kenny Pickett advocate. I messed up my joke calling. I was all ready to go. <laughs> See how you are. Right. I know. I was going to so set it up. What happens when you try it funny? I, this, is, this is what happens. But what do you think the Kenny Pickett has small hands equivalent of this year's draft is? Ooh, let's see. That well, probably it's probably something with Jalen Carter, right? Um, I would think. I don't know. See, that, that, you know what? That's a really good one. <laughs> Thank Although, you. Pickett, that's, I, I like it. I like, I, I like that a lot. Although, I don't think Kenny Pickett's hands – how about this? Did Kenny Pickett's hands inhibit him against the Raiders, which was like one of the coldest days <laughs> in Western Pennsylvania history? Did it look like his hands bothered him? No. No, no. He was able to get it done. Looks nimble. <laughs> right. Um, I just, I don't know. That went on forever, and I don't think it bothered him all that much. I just think that the Steelers' offense is never going to function best if Kenny Pickett's their best player. I think he is a distributor. I think he is a, and this is such a terrible term, but it's factual here, he's a souped-up game manager. He's never going to be among the lead leaders in passing. He's never going to be among the lead leaders in, in a yards. He may be among the lead leaders in, in passing efficiency, but he's never going to be among one of the top, like, premier quarterbacks. Colin Dunlap, 93.7 The Fan, is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920. I wanted to ask you a question just about the quarterbacks in general because Lindsey brought up Kenny Pickett in his hands. So there's warts on all these quarterbacks, right? Bryce Young is short. C.J. Stroud is, you know, a guy that doesn't want to run, or, or at least that's what they say. Anthony Richardson doesn't have any kind of experience, 13 games. Will Levis mm-hmm. had a bad season. Hendon Hooker's coming off a torn ACL. Is there any of these quarterbacks that you're 100% sold on that you think that's going to be a franchise quarterback, no doubt about it? And let's work from the, t- from the backwards down. Eliminate right. Will Levis, he stinks. <laughs> he couldn't beat out the guy at Penn State who stinks. So that, that's number one. I will give you some insight here. We have uh, a fellow on our show all the time named Tony Rassiopi, who is the number one quarterback guru in the country. He coaches at the Manny Camp. He coaches all these guys. He's Kenny Pickett's private quarterbacks coach and has been from the time Kenny was a senior in high school. 
Uh, all, all of those quarterbacks you just mentioned have gone to him and do go to him. He said on our show yesterday, Hendon Hooker is the best quarterback of this bunch. Mm. Okay. Which kind of blew me away a little bit. We pressed him. He said he has it. He hasn't been able to function behind a line like there is at Alabama, like there is at Ohio State. There's been coaching instability there. And also, what Hendon Hooker gives you is intangibles in a huddle presence unlike the other guys. That stunned me, and that's not me talking. That's the guy that works with all of these guys one-on-one. I like it. I like it. What did, what did he have just for S's and giggles? What did he have to say about Anthony Richardson out of Florida? Athletic off the charts. Uh, just what we saw, what everybody saw at the Combine. But you have to wonder if that translates to an NFL game. I mean, is this, is this Cam Newton all again? Right. I don't know. And for how long? Until the kind of the book gets out on him. I mean, Q, we saw what we saw at the Combine, right? right. Mm-hmm. It's, how long does that play in an NFL game? I, I, I don't know. I, if he walked into this room, though, you'd go, oh, my gosh. It's <laughs> like, it's like it, it, you know who was like that, though? Wasn't Terrell Pryor like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Something I want to ask you about. No, go for it. Something I wanted to ask you about when it comes to the familiarity, and I brought him up in our last segment, Kalijah Kansi, when it comes to, hey, all Kenny Pickett had to do was walk across the hall. Mm-hmm. Do you think that maybe the Steelers would be interested in bringing him in and maybe learning under Cam Hayward? Man, that's such a great question. Uh, Larry Joby is already there, but here's the thing. Over the past 48 hours, and I like Kalijah Can- Kansi. Been around the kid a lot. Know what he's all about. He's not like he, he ain't like Aaron Donald. I mean, few are. He, he's smaller. He brings the wood, but he doesn't bring it like AD did, even in college. So he won't turn out to be that kind of player. There's got to be some fire to this smoke about him not taking any visits to any NFL teams. Like so, something's something's not right. Why was he not one of those uh, official visits to any NFL team? That just that doesn't sit right in some regards. So I think he might be Kalijah Kansi. I hope he's not because he's a good kid. He's a kid that we see all the time. We carry pitch games on our stations. I wouldn't be stunned, though, if he's that kid in the green room that's still there when it gets into the next day. Wow. So do you think it might be like maybe his skill or maybe bad advice? What do you think some of those reasons could be if you were to speculate? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But I find it incredible that everybody to a man, to a woman, to, to anybody that does a mock draft has Kalijah Kansi as a first-round pick, yeah, right? You, yeah. have him, you just figure out where you want him to go, and not one of the teams had him in their facility for a visit. Not one. That's glaringly odd to me. Something else that I wanted to talk about, because with the Steelers, how long can they be this middle-of-the-road team? Do you think that it's fine? Like, <laughs> Why are you trying to get them fired up I'm, on Mike Tomlin? I'm Why not trying to get them fired up. Mike this Tomlin? is just one of the questions I've got to ask. You know, it, it seems that they— <laughs> The people want to know. <laughs> yes, the pe- thank you, Q. The people want to know. Not like how much longer does Mike Tomlin have with the Steelers. I'm not trying to put him on the clock. But how much longer can <laughs> the Steelers be a team that says, hey, but he's never had a losing season? <laughs> Here you go. Yeah, like, I was tired of that— three or four years ago. Um, and I think people are very tired of it here. The Steelers view that totally a different way through the prism. They view that as, if we don't have a losing season, we always have a shot in the tournament. 
But if I and I think that's ridiculous. It's about winning in the postseason. If I walked up to somebody at uh, you're in Vegas, so it's not McCarran Airport anymore. It's what Harry Reid Airport. Yep, yep. Yeah. So if I walked up to somebody at Reid Airport and I said, "You tell me about the Steelers playoff, uh, about the Steelers playoff results in the recent past. Just tell me about them." They would never, ever, ever tell me that the Steelers have won three playoff games in the last 13 years. They think they're better than what they are. But that's the facts. They have so many people fooled. Again, if I walked up to an NFL fan, I think that stat blows them away that the Steelers have won three playoff games in 13 years. Do me this. Find me a coach not named Marvin Lewis who has coached 13 years and won three or fewer playoff games and kept his job. Yeah, there you go. Good luck. It sounds like you're saying that the Steelers are, you know, resting on their laurels. They're, you know, they're uh, taking those, what's it, uh, six Super Bowl rings, and they're just, you know, coasting on them. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but that's what it sounds like. The Steelers are the most complacent organization in all of sports. I I hate it. I wish they weren't. And somebody said, people, and here's the excuse you get from people in Pittsburgh. Well, who are you going to bring in that's any better? Mm-hmm. Well, when you got rid of Mike, when you got rid of Bill Cower, did anybody know who the hell Mike Tomlin was? Nope. You, you, you know, so again, I don't think Mike Tomlin's a bad coach, but I don't think that there is this gigantic risk if you got rid of him that the organization would plummet. No, that makes sense. It really does, especially when you break it down to that. I mean, you know, it's, it's all about success in the playoffs, and, well, it just hasn't been there. And, and we do hear every single year, well, he's never had a losing record. He's never had a losing record. We hear it every single year. And I've gotten caught up in it. I'm not going to lie, Colin. I've gotten caught up like, man, that's amazing. But is it? <laughs> is it when it's all said and done? Fantastic stuff, Colin. It's always great to catch up with you. I know that next week is going to be real draft heavy, but what's the features coming out on the show, uh, morning show, 93.7 The Fan? Well, you know, and you guys have to get used to this now with baseball coming to town. We actually have a baseball team that's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pirates are 13-7 and seven right now. Andrew McCutcheon is carrying them. But as soon as the week flips and we get into Monday and Tuesday, it will be all about, uh, it'll be all about the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I think that um, it's, it's that left tackle against that cornerback position. That's all the buzz here in Pittsburgh. And where do they go? Do they go left tackle? Or do they go corner? So that's what it is. There it is. Well, we're going to put Joey Porter Jr. up on the board next to your name and next to the Steelers. We definitely appreciate you, my man. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy the draft next week. Take it easy. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Colin Dunlap. Great stuff. 93.7 The Fan at Colin underscore Dunlap with us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I know one person who got fired up hearing that. One person in particular. Who you got? Who you think it is? Man, you got me. You got me worried now. I feel like I'm on the clock. Who got fired up about that? You don't know who got fired up. No, you don't know one guy who got fired up based off what we just talked about with with Colin. You, <laughs> Lindsay, who got fired up? I'm also unsure of this answer. Three twenty is the is the time. Raider Nation six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. Don't be broke. Com text line, or you can give us a call seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. Who am I talking about, Raider Nation? That just got fired up based off the conversation we had with Colin. It's Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. Chimes, play the chimes. Q's on the clock. What do you got, Q? With the seventh pick in the twenty twenty three Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Las Vegas Raiders select. Anthony Richardson, quarterback, Florida. No! 
no, no, and more no. Hugh, you, you my boy, Blue. You're my boy, Blue. You're my boy. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. That never gets old. Jason Fitz's no was fantastic. That was the most angry no without losing his blank, Lindsay. Visceral was, reaction, there one you could go. say. I like it. I like it. But we just talked to Colin Dunlap from 93.7 The Fan. He was given the pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He ultimately went with uh, the, the family ties with Joey Porter Jr., cornerback out of Penn State, for the pick, leaving Witherspoon still on the board. But... With the Steelers, it does make sense because they do go with a lot of family ties and, you know, the familiarity, they do that. So I, I still don't know where Witherspoon's going to go. Of course, the Lions are up next, and then we've got the Washington Commanders, and we'll get those two knocked out today. But uh, the question that I had, because Colin said something that stood out to me in a major way when I asked him about the quarterbacks, that was a question I asked to you guys. Who is fired up right now based off what Colin had to say? And you guys didn't know, but Raider Nation pays attention in a major way. Uh, how about this? Um, one from the 707, I think it's Raider Dave that loves Hendon Hooker. Then Mailman Raider said, Hardcore Raider is popping champagne. And then another text from the 408, especially JT owes Hardcore Raider an apology per the bomb being dropped by Colin Dunlap. Uh, Wisco Raider, Hardcore Raider just went full Viagra on steroids hearing that, <laughs> LOL. <laughs> so there you go, Hardcore Raider. Shout out to Hardcore Raider. I knew as soon as, as soon as Colin said uh, that Hendon Hooker was the best quarterback, according to the quarterback guru, DeMond, that you actually looked up to make sure that he has some accolades there. What did you learn in your research? Um, that I cannot pronounce his last name, but he is all that Colin said that he is when it comes to the test academy that he has yeah. and being the quarterback for the Manning, the quarterback coach for the Manning Academy. So he does have the accolades, and when he ha- he does also the fancy website of all the players that he's coached and all that good stuff. Oh, so yeah. he's got the accolades to back it up. Well, hardcore Raider hit me up and said, "Boom, my guy, <laughs> Hendon Hooker, number one QB." I was first to tell Raider Nation Hendon Hooker was the number one quarterback by my own analysis. Now you got experts saying the same thing. Raider Nation for life, 100, and the strong arm emoji. I bet it was the strong arm emoji. Or it was the Viagra on steroids emoji. I'm saying. It's a great represent- <laughs> representation of the situation. Because I would feel pretty pumped about my own read if my, if the experts were all of a sudden saying what I was preaching. So. And, and then one quick text, and then we'll take a break and get to uh, David Harrison, who's going to give us the pick for the Washington Commanders. Um, my guy Robin Oakland said, Peter Skaronsky's short arms are this year's Kenny Pickett's small hands. There you go. There it is. There so, it is. So, Lindsay, your Can't question is answered. How do you create separation? There you go. Just saying. Just throwing it out there. Rob and Oakland, we appreciate that. And Thanks, we do want to hear from you as well. 69187, keyword R&R. You heard my pick on Fitz and Harry. I went with Anthony Richardson over the likes of Christian Gonzalez. Do you like that pick? Do you hate that pick? Do you think it was good, bad? Whatever the case may be, let us know. 69187, keyword R&R. This is Rare Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. On Raider Nation Radio. Well, we continue to roll on with our Unnecessary Roughness mock draft. We had Colin Dunlap select Joey Porter Jr. out of uh, Penn State. Of course, he sticks with uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and their their history right there, the family history. He goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then right after that, we have the offensive lineman out of Florida for the Detroit Lions up at number, uh, what, 18 overall? Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida. And I'll tell you this, 
they have a few options and they have a few different things that they have to think about when it comes to what they're going to do now that they have a few suspensions that were rolled out today from the NFL uh, based off of gambling. But uh, that's how the board sits right now. And now we bring in our next guest covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's our good friend David Harrison. Uh, locked on Commanders, Locked on Bucks. He does it all. And David, thanks so much for your time. And how close are you to being ready for this draft to be completely over and you can break down actually who the team selected instead of speculating on who they'll go get? Oh, I'm ready for it, man. I'm I'm ready. I mean, the guessing is fun and playing with the scenarios and the trades and the rumors, but, but man, nothing beats, you know, the real thing. And then especially, you know, kind of seeing these young guys and, you know, when you get them for the first time on the Zoom call and you see the excitement going on and just, you know, because you see the grind later, but, you know, in that, in that moment, it's just pure joy. There's no negative. There's no heat. There's no injuries. And it's just, it's just, it's just a good thing to see. So I'm ready for it, absolutely. You know, I wanted to ask you before we deep dive into what Tampa Bay needs, uh, what they got going on with their their roster post-Tom Brady now, but I wanted to ask you just about the quarterbacks in general, uh, the, the top four, top five quarterbacks. You know, you got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, Hendon Hooker. Is there a, a, any of those quarterbacks that stand out to you as the one that you believe is going to be that franchise quarterback or maybe even a couple of them? Uh, you know, I don't know that I, I would I would go out on one and say that any of these guys are really going to be a franchise quarterback. I think you have some solid uh, options, and, and there's certainly some potential there. I think if I if I had to take one of these young quarterbacks uh, to kind of tie my future to, honestly, I think I would take C.J. Stroud. I know Bryce Young's kind of the more more exciting prospect. I just I like what we saw from C.J. Stroud, especially in that Georgia game. He kind of answered uh, a few of the questions that people had about him, and. Uh, I just kind of feel like, you know, Ohio State, I mean, that, that track record of quarterbacks coming out of there is not good. Uh, but I just feel like there's more to work with there, I suppose, uh, for a long-term uh, solution than, than the other guys. Um, honestly, I'm not a Will Levis guy. Anthony Richardson, I, I kind of feel like he needs two years, uh, you know, to, to be able to cook, uh, to, to get to, you know, full NFL potential before I would throw him out there. And I just worry that he's going to go somewhere that doesn't give him that time to, to do that. David Harrison is our guest here on Radio Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. Lindsay's got one for you. Now, David, I would think that setting up Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask for success looks a lot different than setting up Tom Brady, but <laughs> what does that look like schematically, especially since they're trying to piece together a viable offensive line? Yeah, I think you're trying to put either of those guys in a position where they just have to drive the car. You know what I mean? Make the machine around them uh, do, the, do the heavy lifting and don't require them to necessarily be uh, I guess, you know, the star. I mean, you know, they're the quarterback, so all the success, of course, is going to get tied to them, uh, and all the struggles are going to get tied to them as well. But at the end of the day, if you, the easier you can make their life, uh, I think the better off you're going to be. And, you know, who knows, with, with Baker or Kyle, potentially you find yourself in a situation where you believe that this guy can, can drive that car for you, you know, for a few more laps after this season. Uh, if not, then your salary cap situation is better, and we'll see how the draft capital uh, situation works out. But potentially you go after – uh, another quarterback, another young quarterback next year. And I don't mean to jump in real quick, but uh, do you believe in either one of those guys, or is there one that you lean heavily on? Like, okay, I think that that guy can get it done at least for a year. Yeah, I think Baker. Um, I think Baker has, you know, the the potential. And I, and I like what Coach, you know, the new offense coordinator, Dave Canal, coming over from Seattle. Uh, he, you know, he worked with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was a pro bowler before Dave Canal became their passing game coordinator. So there's a little bit of a grain of salt there. But when you look at kind of the performances, Russell Wilson still got better under Coach Canales than he was doing even at a Pro Bowl clip before that. And then, of course, Geno Smith, uh, you know, what he did uh, in, in his comeback season. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what he can do with Baker. I feel like Baker Mayfield came into the NFL with this me-against-the-world 
like a chip <laughs> on his shoulder. And I think sometimes that kind of hurt him. I think now he still has a chip on his shoulder, but it's a little bit of a difference, a redemption chip, right? And I think that redemption chip might make him want to work with an offensive coordinator more than maybe he did kind of in the past. And that's, if that's true, that happened. I think Coach Canales is the right kind of coach to work with him. That me against the world was Tupac. <laughs> that was that was Pac on FX, man. Me against the world. You know what I'm saying? That's that, that was that was all Pac. But we got David Harrison on right now here on Radio Nation Radio 920. And I rough this. Go ahead, Demond. Devin White wants a new contract or he wants to be traded. Could you see him being involved in a draft day trade? I could. I, I don't know that I would go as far as to say I would predict it, but I certainly could see the Buccaneers uh, deciding to move on from from Devin during, during the draft weekend. I think that. You know, it's really a culture question at the end of the day. And what kind of atmosphere do the Buccaneers really want to adopt moving forward? You know, coming in with, with Tom Brady, we saw them bring in Antonio Brown. That was kind of a clear message of, you know, we're willing to sacrifice a little bit of culture in the locker room uh, or the character in the locker room just to get that, that Super Bowl winning talent in the room. And, and, you know, thankfully for them, it worked. Uh, now, the following season obviously didn't go so well. Uh, but now, you're kind of resetting your getting back in there. I mean, you know, Devin White is a captain on the team. He's a leader. He's a voice in the face of the team. So if if things start kind of going sideways in the season, we saw last year even with Tom Brady still on the, on the team, that Devin White is not afraid uh, to voice those frustrations. And if you start putting, you know, a guy like Mayfield who's kind of climbing his own hill, and you start throwing some of Devin White's uh, weight into his backpack, that's just going to, make this thing even more of a struggle. So I think it's going to be a message on where the Buccaneers want to drive uh, the culture of their team moving forward. If they keep them, then, you know, I wouldn't say that necessarily is saying that they're sacrificing that, uh, that culture for, for talent, but I think if they trade him, it sends a very clear message. And then for the Buccaneers, Vita Vea led the team in sacks last year, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it was only at six and a half. Do they need an elite edge rusher to complement this defense? Yeah, no, I'll say it for you. That's a terrible thing. And we love, you know, everybody loves the advance. Jason Light, Todd Bowles, they said it too. Like, you don't, you don't want your nose tackle leading your team in sacks. That's, that's, that's not a good thing. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, I've been doing a little bit more diving into this whole situation with the, uh, with the edge uh, because Shaquille Barrett is coming back off of an injury, but he's also on the wrong side of 30. And uh, it was interesting when I was doing kind of some research. I didn't realize until I started comparing it to that Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul, his last season for the Buccaneers, he was 32 years old. Shaq Barrett turns 31 this year. He's coming off of this injury, and his contract is actually set to expire the year after he plays uh, at the age of 32. So it's a little bit of an interesting dynamic. And when that was coming up for JPP, we saw the Buccaneers go draft Joe Tryon-Schwenke in the first round of the NFL draft. Now, JTS, uh, rookie year, you know, played behind JPP, did some really good things. Four sacks as a rookie, only started six games. So that was kind of acceptable. But last year, full-time starters, still only four sacks, didn't really get better, marginally got better uh, in the other statistical categories and on the field uh, with the eye test. It still just didn't look like the pop that you wanted to in year two. So for kind of both those reasons, you got a first-round pick who was maybe not accelerating the fast as one to, and you got a veteran who was getting older, contracts coming up, and he's coming off of an injury. I think they need to address uh, that outside linebacker position in the first three rounds. Talking to David Harrison from the Locked On Network, Commanders, Buccaneers, you do bo- both of them very well, but you talked about basically taking the pressure off of the, the quarterback position, and typically that comes maybe at the running back spot, and you let playoff Lenny go off into different pastures, and we all know how devalued that position has come. Uh, what 
kind of names come to your mind when it comes to those late round value picks uh, for your running back position? I think that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the running back room, um, the the kind of like the limit, I guess, of what I'm kind of looking for. I would love to see if you don't get a guy in round one, which you know obviously from this board we're not going to be able to do. Uh, Devon <laughs> Chain out of Texas A&M comes to mind. Probably uh, Spears a little bit after that out of Tulane, and I think like Zach Evans out of Ole Miss is kind of. To me, that's kind of poor. Like you need to get a guy before that type, that tier of running backs uh, comes off the board because Rashad White. Uh, you know, I'm a Sun Devil, so you know I love my Sun Devils. And <laughs> he's got a lot of potential, but he, he's not ready to do it by himself. And you know, today's NFL, nobody outside maybe Derrick Henry really does it by themselves. Everything is a committee. And I know, you know, the Commanders and the other team I cover, I mean, we're expecting them to have a three back set. You know, what I mean, they're gonna have oh. a, a, a trio of rotating players. So the Buccaneers need to at least get that second back in there uh, sometime before, say, Zach Evans comes off the board. You know, that's uh, it's, it's interesting. And you mentioned uh, the R board that we have here, and you mentioned the running back position after Lindsey's question. So it feels like that if B. John Robinson was available right now, you'd be all for taking that running back. I would, actually. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, too, because when we did our network mock draft, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I represented the commanders, and my Bucks, my lockdown Bucks host, James, he represented the Bucks for us to keep it, you know, keep the confusion down and all that. <laughs> and he warned me. He said, "Well, he well, first of all, I'll let you behind the curtain, I suppose." Uh, he said, "I'm taking Brian Branch for the Bucks." He said, "Well, good luck because he's one of the commanders, so it's not going to happen." <laughs> uh, so I took Brian Branch off the board uh, at 16, so he couldn't go there. So then he said, "Okay, well, I'm going Bijan Robinson." And we kind of had a little bit of a discussion, and I didn't make my feelings, you know, hidden when we had the group talk after the pick was made. I said, you know. You don't have an offensive tackle. You can't make this pick right now. Um, now, you know, I don't want to give too much away, but James obviously made up for it later on. But since we've had that conversation, I've reached out to some people in Tampa. I've done a little bit more research myself. Uh, you know, to quote Aaron Freeman of Locked On Falcons, there's, there's two kinds of people people who believe B. John Robinson can be a bad dude, and people who haven't watched B. John Robinson. And I'm proud to say that now I'm in that first group of people, and I would be all for B. John Robinson, number 19, if he was available. David with the 19th pick. <laughs> he sounded like the police there. David, come on out. Put your hands up. Slow, slow. I said slow. Slow Again, down. <laughs> David with the 19th pick in the 2023 NFL draft. Who are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting? Uh, you know, with, with no bees on the board, shout out to the Falcons for making the right decision there. Um, I really want to go Brian Breeze. I kind of want to stick with that there, but I think I got to stick with my initial assessment of the Buccaneers. If you only have one offensive tackle in front of either of these quarterbacks, you are going to be in trouble. So if you can't get that kind of generational impact playmaker, you got to go secure the offensive line. I would love to do a trade back, but obviously, you know, we don't have time to do that in this format, right? Yeah. But I think offensive tackle Darnell right out of Tennessee Ooh. is probably the best fit out of who's left on the board. Uh, and we can come back in the second round, target that nickel uh, corner, backup free safety, look for a running back. Uh, later on as well. All right, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Put him up on the board. Let me ask you this because I'm in shock that Devin Witherspoon is still on the board out of Illinois, the cornerback out of Illinois, who on our Locked On Podcast Network draft, I took at number 10. Was there any consideration taking him just because, well, he's a hell of a player and they'll find a place to put him later? He is, but, you know, the thing about Darnell Wright and and the tricky thing with Todd Bowles is I don't know that Todd Bowles has a line. You know, there's like some coaches have a line. You have to be – so tall to play for this team. Yeah. And Todd Bowles has a type, and that type is taller and longer 
than Devin Witherspoon. Now, I feel mm. like in the Buccaneers' war room, he's still on the board. You're looking at your team needs. You do need that tackle. But, there, I mean, there's some talent. There's guys like Matthew Bergeron in the second round that you might be able, you might be able to feel comfortable with. You always trade up, uh, do some crazy things like that, you know. But just looking at the trends, I feel like Devin Witherspoon is too short uh, in, in multiple different angles for what Todd Bowles likes in his corner. So just kind of reading off of that trend. And, you know, James Arco hears me say this. He's going to fire me from my own show because he's an Illinois guy. So <laughs> he's uh, definitely not going to like that I made that move. Right, no doubt. Well, I won't tell him, but uh, there you go. I like it, though. Darnell Wright, he's a guy that I definitely believe is going to be a really good tackle in the league. So we're going to put him up there next to your name in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Fantastic stuff, my man. Uh, anything you got coming out on uh, both shows or anything else that you're working on? I know you got your hands in a little bit of everything that we should be on the lookout for. Yeah, we've got a lot of, of pre-draft stuff going on, setting up uh, some really interesting things. Some former players come on to kind of give nice. their insight and their views on just kind of how this process really works and kind of give, you know, the human the human side of it. It's all fun and games for all of us. We sit back with our, our food and, you know, if you're not working your beer and, and all that stuff. But there's, there's a very human side to it. Trying to, trying to shed a little bit of light on that as, as we get closer to the process. I like it. I like it a lot, man. Well, keep up the great work. You're doing a fantastic job on, on both fronts and, and everything else that you dip your toes into, man. I definitely appreciate you. Enjoy the weekend. And uh, the draft is almost here, man. It's almost over. And we'll be able to talk about actual players that are on teams instead of uh, trying to go through mock drafts. But thanks so much for your time, my man. Yes, sir. I appreciate you all. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. David Harrison right there. Locked on Commanders. Locked on Buccaneers at D. Harrison 82. Great job. Darnell Wright up on the board. Somebody! Anybody! Everybody, I feel like I'm in the club. Scream! No, somebody, yeah. somebody take Devin Witherspoon, damn it. What in the world is going on? He's got you know what? two short arms. You know Kill. what, though? You know what? Damon, entertain me. Who's coming up right after uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? The Seattle Seahawks. Watch. Watch. Watch how the rich get richer. Yeah, that's their type. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. It's Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Coming up at 4 o'clock, Vinny Bonsignor, morning tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Of course, the Review Journal. He was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center earlier today as GM Dave Ziegler spoke with the media about 28, 30 minutes. So you get, uh, you'll get Vinny's takeaways coming up at 4. Also, we'll hear from Dave Ziegler. Got some sound bites from him that I want to get into. I just sent our board... I just sent our whole little mock draft that we have right now. I sent that over to Stacey Joe Ross, who covers the Seahawks, Seahawks in Seattle. Does a great job. I'm hoping she hits me back before the show's over. Right. But I almost... You got some good news for her. I almost... I'm telling you right now. I almost feel like if I was a betting man, if I wanted to get a little crazy, you know, get a little freaky and throw some money on it, okay. that she's going to pick Devin Witherspoon for the Seahawks. I almost feel like that that's like a 99.9%. Yeah, I feel like that's a, 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 yes, a lock. Exactly. Why do you feel that way? Because why would not Seattle say, oh, you got a corner that's supposed to be a top 10 guy that everyone's talking about, and this guy could be uh, a member of the the defense. You know how Seattle's the built. The resurgent legion of boom they're, right, they're building. Right, they there, got, they got it. They, they, they hit sure a, says. Well, they hit a home run with Tariq Woolen last year in the yep. fifth round. So this is your second first-round pick. All of a sudden he's there. He's available. I almost guarantee she picks, picks it now. Gosh, they're on quite the trajectory, that team. If they, man, and sometimes, again, I said it just like when I pick Anthony Richardson. Sometimes you got to be lucky, better to be lucky than good. Facts. Right? I mean, and yeah. nobody anticipated Devin Witherspoon still being on the board at this stage of the game. If you told me on Friday, Friday afternoon, almost four o'clock, show's damn near over, right? Yeah. The show's over in about an hour from now. 
If you told me that Devin Witherspoon still wouldn't have been selected, I would have called you a liar. Respectfully, but yeah. I would have called you a liar. Think Pete Carroll could figure out how to motivate that guy? Yeah, Short yeah. arms? Yeah. <laughs> Can't catch nothing. He's going to catch how are you everything. Tackle? He's man. I'm telling you what. He's going to catch everything. So uh, there, I'm interested. I, I, wanna, I like I'm, what they're cooking up there. I'm hoping that she hits us back before the show's over, just to to get her thoughts and and, and you know what what she would do. Uh, with the next pick being the Seattle Seahawks. And then next week we'll finish out the rest of the draft, right? We're already up to what? DeMond pick number 20? Yeah, pick number 20 if and, we can get it in today. Yeah, and then there's and then there's only 31 of them, so we'll definitely be done by Wednesday, which will be great. And then it'll lead right into the draft. We'll be able to tweet out a picture of our board and call it a day, and we'll feel good about ourselves, and then we'll see how we're wrong on Thursday. Are you flying or driving? To Kansas City? Well, I don't know. You got an Escalade. I don't know how souped up that thing is. I ain't driving. How far away is Missouri from here? I don't. Too far for me to drive. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, you're a guy that goes the 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 extra mile in every uh, nah, direction look, that I've seen. I'm, so. I'm, look, if I'm driving, I'm staying in the in the time zone. Right. Right. Fair. And now, well, I mean, I did. You're not driving your Escalade. You're not putting miles on your car. No, not Certainly to go. Not. not to go out of the time zone. Now, I did go to Phoenix, which is a little different because it's Mountain Time, right? But this past time I went to Phoenix. They don't have daylight savings time. Yeah, they're smart. So <laughs> I don't know why. Time is a social construct. We made it up for trains. There There's you no go. No reason for it. Well, I'll tell you right now, it was great waking up and knowing that the time in Phoenix was the same time it was here. It was so less yeah. confusion because at the at the Super Bowl, Demond, how many times did we mess the time up? And it's only one hour different. But how many times did we mess it up? Who was we? No, 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 no. This is no. a collection. Wait, no, hold up, hold up, hold, hold up, swallow him up. No, you see how he tried to act like he didn't mess it up. Come on, man. That was a dark time. I, don't let me go on back and run the tape. I'll run the tape plenty of time, man. Lindsay, we had we had Jared damn near doing interviews. We had DeMond doing interviews to the side. We had Steve Cofield doing interviews. Here. It was amazing. Right. And you know why there were so many different people running interviews at different times? Because we all messed up the time a couple times. Yeah. So this guy, who's we? <laughs> a sundial. Yes. I'm I mean, pointing at you, brother. The mountain time, you know, no confusion here. Okay. Sounds good. Take me back. You know, we'll pull up the tape. I mean. Yeah, Baby, no, we back. will. We'll run back the tape. Baby, come back We'll run. Me. We'll run back the tape on the guy who didn't bring his ID to Arizona either. That story is ridiculous. You guys want to know something? Sure. I got the new ID, right? Do you? Yeah, I got the you new pick? ID. Hey, wait, hold on. There's a butt coming. I feel a butt coming. There's Never a trust a big butt and a smile. What's going on? Can't find it. Come on, dude. Come on. Come on, dude. You put it in your wallet, right? Like, that's where it belongs. Can't find the wallet. Okay. <laughs> this is a bigger problem than we had. Yeah, this has become a you it. issue. You you know who yeah. you remind me of now? You remind me of uh, Woody Harrelson on uh, on White Man Can't Jump, where you uh, always... Billy! You, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Billy, yeah. You got the money. You got the bag. You about to go home and take it to Rosie Perez. And then someone like me says, hey, come on, DeMond. Let's go ahead and bet your money. And then all of a sudden, you lose your money again. Good. Oh, her name was Gloria. Good, good luck explaining to Gloria. Mm-hmm. So are you just Apple paying yourself around this town? Yeah. Oh my god. I get mad if you don't have Apple Pay. And I if get you mad don't, if you don't, don't have work. a wallet. Huh? Half the machines don't work. I try to do it at the gas station pump all the time, and it's like it doesn't recognize my technology. Go in the store. Uh, it's, uh, come on now. Swipe it. Yeah. If it's not, yeah. Come yeah. On. I feel like we need to find your wallet. You telling me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you're so comfortable. Uh, yeah. I'd be sweating How bullets. How long has it been gone? Uh, the weekend. So about okay, a week now. So it's okay. I mean, no, it's not. Have you, have a you week? paused your cards? 
Like, if you pause them, so in case somebody, like, tried to swipe it. I've only got the one. Come on. I'm not, I'm not a man with all these gadgets, gadgets. You know, I don't trust well, I don't, these banks. I don't either, but I just, uh, sometimes I pause it, and I, I don't cancel Jamal, it you right got away. Problems. You got problems, dude. Because it always turns up. It I always live off turns the land. Up. You know, I'm a simple guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm here, I'm there. You're your ground chuck. You know yeah. what he's going to be? He gonna be? We're going to see DeMond one day, and, and good thing it's bleeped out, but we're going to see him, like, on Naked and Afraid. He ain't going to have nothing. <laughs> they're like, gonna, I've been training they're, for this yeah, my whole yeah, life. They're going to give him a little satchel and be like, here's here's a weapon. And go ahead and make it work. You know what it'll be? Well, it'll be like, oh, Demona, are you such like a uh, like an explorer? Like you're an outdoors guy? Nah, I just don't need much. Yeah. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> just, it won't be that I'll be just so adept at Put being outdoors. Out t- output low. Yeah, it's not something that I'm some outdoorsman. It'll just be you fine with just living in this hut? Yeah, it'll do. I'm here for the warmth. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. We got a text from the 702. Ziggler just trashed your pick, Q. Said he wants an impact starter, not a backup quarterback. Ziggy Zags! I don't necessarily know that. Did you he, have him on the phone when you say that? I, I was going to say, I don't, I don't remember him actually talking about. DM you from a burner account? I'm just, I don't remember him saying. Now, we'll get his sound bites coming up in, uh, in the next hour, but I don't remember him trashing any pick. Said specifically, in, in, Q, in, 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 impact, your picks are awful. An impact starter? Who who says Anthony Richards is not an impact starter? Well, if he's not playing, he's not an impact starter because he's not starting. What if he's impact? What if he's a starter next year? Well, I, I know that, but we're not talking about the def- definition of next year. Are we? I don't know. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if there's a right answer in this. Now. I don't like, know if there is I'm either. Just, like, I'm, I'm scared to get saying... the target that Demond's got on his back right now. I'm just like, ah, yes. <laughs> oh but, wow. Oh, it, it, it was Dave Ziegler. Hit, 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 no, no, it wasn't. Hit, hit, the, hit the sound. Hit the sounder. Hit the sounder. Oh, God. Oh, is it your friend? Yep. So with the 20th pick in the Unnecessary Roughness 2023 NFL Mock Draft, Stacey Joe Ross, representing the Seattle Seahawks, has selected Jordan Addison. Wow. Wide receiver out of USC. She said, I'm so torn. Don't know how GMs do it. I'll go Jordan Addison out of wow. USC. And you thought... I thought Devin Witherspoon. That's why I don't bet. That's why I don't gamble. Facts. I know why DeMond don't gamble because he ain't got his damn wallet. Yeah. <laughs> no, I still gamble. <laughs> yeah, you do. You gamble on life. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're gambling on life. What happens if you get pulled over? Yeah. I already got a ticket on Monday. But this was for an illegal parking and my registration is expired. What are you doing right? Nothing. <laughs> Clearly. When, when, when my downfall comes, I'll be like, I seen that. I seen it coming. <laughs> What could I you want to laugh two at miles you. Away. No, I want to <laughs> laugh with you, but really, I don't want to laugh because I want to encourage you to do the right thing. Had a flat tire in the parking lot, and, oh, God. and guys, I guess came, I came through. Q came through. If Q wouldn't have came through, you know what? My car would have been sitting outside until payday. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Three fifty-six is the time. Vinny Bonson, your who is all grown up, will join us next. Kicking off hour number three. It's Raider Nation Radio nine twenty.